G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Time for a fresh new look? Try Chic Razors from Chemist Warehouse, now starting from 869. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ, Wednesday, 5th of October, yes, Wednesday, love Wednesday, golf day, be able to go out there and hack around some sort of golf course after this big morning of radio, good morning to the team up there in Auckland, Tamaki Makoto, you got Neeps in the back room, welcome Neeps, day three Neeps, day three, how's How's the early mornings, Neeps? Quickly, how's the early mornings, mate? You, you, you enjoying them? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm loving them, Daggy. I'm, I'm definitely a morning person, and I think the thing I love the most is getting home just before lunchtime, and I've got the rest of the day to myself, go Ooh. play some music, go to the gym or something. It's good, bro. Yeah, that's probably the, the, the positive side of it, eh? You get to be able to relax for the rest of the day, finish up, and uh, well, rip into whatever you need to do. Joe! Morning to you, Joey Bell in the back room. 49ers, get in the dub, mate. Get in the dub. Never in doubt, boys. Thought of you straight away. Smash the Rams. How good was that? Mate, they look great. Title contenders. Turn it around. It's so, it's actually, (laughs) (laughs) it's so even right now. Anybody could win, mate. But I think the 49ers are in with a chance. Yeah, the only thing the Rams could tackle was a, was a spectator, a streaker running down there with this flair. Anyway, uh, well done, Joey. Well done. Thought of you straight away. You got Louis in the back room. Morena to you, Louis. How you doing, brother? You good? Yes, is he good, man? How you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well, mate. I'm doing really, really well. And you, Tony, Tony Kemp, Kempy, the Kempinator. Morning. Morena, bro. Morena. And the, the thing about Neeps, bro, he's got that sort of David Bowie voice. You know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. under the radar, yeah. Neeps. He sent me a a Spotify um, list of songs that he's created, obviously in a studio, because it's pretty good. I listened to the whole album mm. in the car. And uh, we got we got a bit of a musician, mate, in the in the kitchen. So we'll have to get him on. We'll have to get him to cut some songs up for us. He's He's got that, he's got that 80s sound going real well. 
Yeah, I like that. I've heard that from you, Kempi. We'll definitely have to hold on to that later in the year when we all get together for um, your shout at lunch. Um, looking forward to that, eh? It'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. worked, out, worked out your restaurant yet, mate? Worked out where no. you're taking me? No, no, no. I've got no idea, Kempi, but I'll figure it out. And I know Josh Emmett's a good look. lady also. <laughs> Oh, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pretty much. I'll be broke. I'll be broke. Uncle shout. Nah, nah. We'll figure it out, Kimpy. We'll figure it out. Well done, well done. Obviously, gave me a bit of a hiding towards the end of there. It was a great competition, and it's still resuming this weekend. We're going to the playoffs, and well, can anyone stop the juggernaut that is Canterbury? They're taking on Northland. Well done to Northland. We had George Cunier on in the, early in the week too, and it was great to chat to him. He's a Northland coach. My First ever NPC coach was George Cunha, so great to chat to him. Anyway, big show, lads. Emirates Team New Zealand. What's the first thing that springs to their mind? Well, obviously it would be sailing. I'll get this. Glenn Ashby is trying to break the wind land speed record, and I spoke to him yesterday. We'll play that for you just after 7 o'clock. He's out at Adelaide over in Australia. He had to use his satellite phone to have a chat to us. He was um, Elon Musking on the Starlink, so we'll uh, play that for you just after 7 o'clock. It was a fantastic chat with him, very insightful, and just gave you a real insight to what needs to take place when um, uh, when he tries to break that land speed record of 202.9 kilometres per hour. That's wow. the record at the moment. Well, get this. He's not trying to just beat it. He's trying to smash it. So we'll play that for you after seven. And remember, Jamie Richards, champion Tiako trainer. Well, he's trained over in Hong Kong and starts his campaign. And we'll have a chat to him around 7.40ish this morning. So looking forward to hearing from Jamie Richards. Maybe you will leave us into a few little winners, eh? Oh, we love a winner on this show. And Well, I got a pretty good email yesterday too. So I'll, play, I'll, I'll read that for you later on. Anyway, 10 days out from 2021 Rugby League World Cup over in the UK. They're going to play some warm-up matches this weekend. Obviously, Thomas Luluai is playing for the Kiwis in his last outing. Um, as they take on Leeds at uh, Hidden Leap. Uh, Warm-up games in 10 days. The real competition starts. CEO John Sutton will catch up with him after 8 o'clock and chat all things. Rugby League World Cup. Not only Rugby League World Cup. You've got the women's. You've got the disability. You've got the wheelchair Rugby League World Cup. So there's four events taking place over in the UK. And it was great to chat to him. Double eight, double three. If you want to give us a text on the Temper Bedpost text machine, or even better, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your voices. 0800-150-811 on the Kennard's High Phone Line any time of the morning. The messages are coming through on the text machine. We'll get to those shortly. But, boys, big show. Looking forward to it. Mate, it's awesome. And honestly, is is so stacked with sport coming up, especially World Cups. And all sorts. I'm looking forward to the the uh, the women's rugby World Cup um, kicking off this weekend. You're right. I was, I, on the way in this morning, I phoned the boys up in England. They're catching up with Thomas Lulawai today. He's got a testimonial in Wigan. And uh, remember the great Fetter Pelliasina, front row for the Warriors. Yeah. He was sitting next to my mate. I called, so I got him on the phone. Had a good chat to fix, and he's up there working for Hull as a, as a welfare officer. Uh, we'll get him on the phone next week and go back and reminisce about his good old days at the Warriors and catch up. 
Um, he's keen to come on and talk to us for breakfast. So, mate, lots of lots of people getting ready to to knuckle down through October, November. Um, it really stimulates your thoughts too on forecasting for next year already for mm. me um, because the season starts a week earlier next year in the NRL. And if you look at one of the things I thought about this morning, if you're looking at a three-peat from Penrith, they've got 20 out of 28 of their top squad up there playing in the World Cup. Um, mate, they could have they could have fatigue syndrome if they mm. don't get the if they don't get this this right going into their three-peat. So um, yeah, mate, lots of lots of stimulating thoughts happening. Got a good got a good lineup this morning. Um, but yeah, mate, I can't wait for the weekend. Jeez, it's, it's all happening at the moment. Well, it just goes from yeah. you know one good thing. Remember, we we're talking about that. There's what do you choose this weekend into grand final weekend, and now we're into World Cup weekends. So, good time of the year. Yeah, great time of the year. Good racing coming up. You got the spring carnival. I don't know. I watched this um, clip on Instagram with seven horse racing, and <laughs> just got me so pumped about the spring carnival coming up. Obviously, a big uh, month. Next month here in New Zealand, you've got Cup Week, plenty of Group 1s taking place, and uh, it's all happening. And you got a Rugby World Cup, and Kimberley's already come through. Good morning. Has anyone yet mentioned the Black Ferns documentary on Sky? It's a great insight, Kimberley. Kimberley, I've seen uh, ads of it. I've seen Clifford's, but I haven't watched it yet. But I promise you I'm going to watch that. Uh, obviously, this weekend taking place, the Rugby uh, World Cup, our women's, the Black Ferns. Sold out. Well, haven't have they sold out? About thirty-five thousand have sold, Louis. But that's half of the half of the tickets sold through the entire World Cup, isn't it? So we, we hopefully they can get a jam-packed, obviously stadium. They have got Rita Ora, Rita Ora, obviously wife of Taika, apparently uh, taking place and uh, and doing the opening ceremony. But it's all happening, Louis. I'm fizzed. I am genuinely fizzed about what's happening in the world of sport. Yeah. Fair enough, and uh, I can see why you're right. The Spring Carnival, it's mm. going to be, it's going to be really busy, and it kind of gets underway. Well, it has been underway, but this weekend, Caulfield Guineas Day is always an absolute ripper, and you got the might and power uh, this weekend, which is pretty much the Cox Plate trial. It's pretty much the Cox Plate field um, minus the extras. So yeah, it's going to be great. Zaki versus Animo for the first time this spring. Looking forward to that, and. I guess it's a, it was a little bit disappointing while all this good stuff's going on to see Josh Curran and the Warriors back in the headlines for the wrong uh, reasons, Kempe. Uh, look, I'm I'm, I'm not going to give too much away because it's off my back, off the back fence, in and around that. But yeah, silly season started already. It didn't take long. Actually, it took about an hour after the grand final. To be brutally honest, <laughs> yeah. no, li- um, literally, literally. So. Mate, the sooner the World Cup can start and we can start focusing on something else as opposed to some of these chumps off the field um, not really not really doing the right thing. I, it's, it's, it, it's so annoying. It is so annoying that we've got these things in place and I look at other sports and they don't have these problems. Um, I, they do have problems. Don't get me wrong. It's not just rugby league. Yeah. But consi- for consistency, we, we win that down um, hands down. I've been thinking about it, Kimpy. Did, did they get targeted? Do you feel like they're, they're targeted? They're, obviously, over in Australia they are, because that's, that's obviously one of the biggest sports in Australia. So do media, do do pundits genuinely try and target these players? Because you're dead right. Like, they're constantly in the... We're no Saints. Rugby players, like, we're, we're definitely no Saints. But you feel like contrast? Like, you, you just... 
Yeah, you, f- you should get a sense that rugby league's always got something coming out. Yeah, hundred percent. As I can talk about it on personal on a personal basis. Look, I never I never played professional sport in New Zealand, um, but I've seen it and I've been a part of it as a coach. And the difference between New Zealand and, and Australia, which is only three hours away, is New Zealand has a is a community that allows you to walk around the streets and get on with your with your with your with your daily. Yep. Um, Happenings, you know what I mean. So Izzy Dag walks past you. It's like, oh, hey, that's Izzy Dag, you know. It's, and 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 it's just your, a passing comment. In Australia, they will not leave you alone. You know, I'll, I'll give you an example. I remember being in a hotel with Benji Marshall. You know, I used to run these leadership camps, and Benji and the team, and, and we go into a, a hotel in in Sydney, and we'd have these conversations. Benji would show up in his car. He'd park in the VIP area. He'd walk out of it in his and with his hoodie up. And and basically slink inside. I thought, oh, you know, that's sort of you know that that hoodies thing, you know, like well, why why do you keep wearing your hoodie thing? I didn't say anything, but anyway, we went for tea down the road after the meeting. And he pulled his hoodie up, yeah. Halfway down the road, he took his yep. hoodie down, mate. They would not leave him alone. Seriously, hey. no. They, everyone he walked past, they just grab him, talk to him, stop him. So the 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 side of that is that they do get targeted if they know who you are. And um, yeah. you know, it's that's the that's the question. How do you handle that part moving forward? Because it ain't going to stop. Mm. And we can we continually like the one the Josh Curran story that came out Louis um, yesterday. Like that's a that's a decision under duress, obviously with yeah. alcohol involved. Yeah, and, we, we and don't get yourself in trouble. We don't know the details, and we probably shouldn't speculate. But at the same time. Personal responsibility and being targeted are two very different things, and yeah, oh yeah, for yeah, sure. And if it is what the the kind of um, the hearsay is about this, it just sounds like a bit of thuggery, to be honest. And well, and, and and my point when I do off the back fence this morning is going to be around basically um, what you do because what you're doing isn't working. You know what I mean? So what do you do to actually stem this issue that the NRL have? Like I said, an hour after the grand final. They're already telling people to pull down posts in the grand final for making comments that are that are a bit derogatory. So, um, yeah, it's a it's a real tough one, Izzy. It's really frustrating for me watching Lee people in there for all the wrong reasons. But it's consistent. You you just go when is going to when's the first one going to drop? Yeah, you're right, Kempi. You you do. You kind of there's this um is it the Simpsons has that classic graphic um zero how many days till uh, <laughs> since and it's just zero <laughs> the whole time and it's always like how many days to since another NRL scandal. This is alleged at the moment with Josh Curran. It's obviously being reported, but it, like he hasn't had his day in court and we don't know all the details. So um, again, it's just a wee bit of speculation, but I think the dots are kind of starting to connect themselves there. I just. Times like these, I do feel a bit for Cam George at the club as well, because even in their off season, they can't, can't get away from. Them. Well, that, and you're dead right. You're dead right when you want to take a breath. Just, just calm down. Like, take you know? a, Cam, Cam wants to sit back and take a breath and enjoy the the spring carnival because he's a horsey man, and all of yep. a sudden he's having to go up to Cairns probably, or or do get someone up to Cairns to look after the Josh Curran situation. It's like, when is it going to stop? That's what. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Seriously. Well, 
the NRL integrity unit, do you reckon they're busier in the in the season or in the off season? Is he, <laughs> mate? They're the busiest unit in sport. I reckon <laughs> they are always having to deal so with something. True. And look, so I'm true. not trying to put a blight on on NRL. It's a great game, but man, they just they do it to themselves. You think of sponsors, commercial, marketing, like everyone that's involved. They must be just shaking their head. And that'll probably be the one thing that they before they sign that dotted line, they're like. Please, can you sort that integrity unit out? Or can you just go around the club? I don't look, Kempi. I know you're going to have something off the back fence to how they change it, but something needs to change because at the moment there's always some huge story comes out. Rugby's had its fair share, don't worry. All sports have had their fair share, but I feel like NRL just week in, week out has its fair share, and it's uh, it's not a good look for the great game. But anyway, we'll be debating that throughout the show for sure, Louis. We will indeed. And Trent. Jeez, Trent is never far away as soon as you say the Z word. Zaki <laughs> is about to get his beat up on. He's hitting his peak get on. Also, we could be in for one of the best New Zealand springs yeah. in Melbourne for a long time. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, yeah. Hey, Trent, look, you know what camp I'm in, and it's not the Zaki one, mate. And not, not that he's a he's not that he's not a good horse. I just I'm team Animo the Spring. So you've nailed yourself to the Zaki mast. I am on the Godolphin train. Uh so we'll see. Who comes out on top, and you're right, he will be fit. Over 2,000 metres. What happened last year, though, Trent? He got undone by Probabil. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What happens this weekend? Can't wait to see. And I hope Cam George just gets to sit down with a cold beer and watch and enjoy himself. It's a great point. He'll just want to watch the races, not go to Darwin or wherever he's the bloody... No, I'll tell you now, he's got no chance. Wherever the bloody hell <laughs> Josh Curran is. Can't wait question of the day. Hey, a little bit different this morning, but I reckon this is going to be a great one. On 0800 150 you have to use a little bit of imagination here. You have to really dig into the thought process, 20 minutes past six on a Wednesday. But Zion Williamson, remember him? Remember him? Mm-hmm. The, the, he's been dunking on TikTok and Instagram, well, before That's TikTok, ripped. for dec- for a decade pretty much, throwing down windmill jams. He was a star at Duke, a basketball player that drafted to New Orleans Pelicans, had highlight after highlight after highlight in the NBA. It'll be Zion on the hammer. <laughs> Matthew doesn't know it hit him. Power play early, very hey, early. You want to see a dead body? Bang. Just eviscerating NBA players his whole career <laughs> while he's been fit. But today is he in Kempe and you. He plays a game of competitive basketball for the first time in 518 days. So he's been out with injury for more than a year and a half. 518 days. Now, as soon as he steps on the court, this puts him straight back into the conversation for the most athletic person in world sport currently. If it's not him, who is it? The most athletic person in world sport currently active, who is it? So it can't be Usain Bolt. Who is it? Who is the most athletic person in world sport currently? And my nomination to get us kicked off, to get your brain going, Simone Biles. 21 oh, minutes. You just pa- use mine. 
No way, mate. You're stealing. 21 minutes past six. <laughs> Honestly, I was going to say something, but I can't have to think of another one. Who is the most athletic person? Because it might be Zion Williamson. He is a freak athlete. Who is it? What's the sport? Any sport, any person. 0800-150-811. Come on, be creative. Double eight, double three. 22 minutes past six. Here with the Chemist Warehouse. Kempi's brain's working overtime. Great savings every day. Back with your answers after this. 0800-150-811. Today, Zion Williamson plays basketball for the first time in well over 500 days competitively. He might be the most athletic sports person on the planet. If it's not him, who is it? Is he? Um, Just quickly on that, he's lost so much weight, hey? He was carrying out. That's probably why he's getting so in, so, uh, so many little injuries. So great to see him. He's lost heaps, looking real athletic. He's going to absolutely kill it. Um, First one, I had Simone Biles. Honestly, I thought she first one that springs to mind. But um, outside of that, I'm a real NFL fan, and I, I couldn't go past Tyreek Hill. Tyreek yes. Hill for the... Um, Miami Dolphins. He used to play for um for this Kansas City Chiefs. Man, he is so quick, so athletic. Only a little fella, but he's just a pocket rocket. So Tyreek Hill for me, Kempe. Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I, I, I like how you go the NFL, mate. Tyson Fury. I, I think any guy like he doesn't look athletic. Yeah, but like mate, he's a, he's the toughest bloke in the world. He gets in the he gets in the boxing ring up against. I watched that fight last night against um, Don, Dante Wilder. How he couldn't, how he knocked him out. Mm. It looked like a bloke walked out of a pub up against the bodybuilder, <laughs> and the bloke who walked out of the <laughs> pub beat the bodybuilder up. You know what I mean? Mm. So for me, per, you know, pound for pound, toughest athlete in the world, best athlete in the world, Tyson Fury, backs his words up. He can he can float, hey. He can move on his feet for a big man. You watch him move, man. He's got good feet, so I can I can get where you're going there, Kimpy. He's very unconventional, unconventional, but can knock someone out. That's nice. Simone Biles for you there, Louis. We've got a couple on the text machine. I'll read a couple quickly. Yeah, yeah, We've yeah. Got Paul Paul Cole, Superman Timmy. Paul Cole, mate. He is very athletic, and for no um, Better reason than he just works extremely hard. So love that one. Israel Adorsanya, the height to weight ratio is insane movement. and insane. His insane movement is insane. He's a freak. There's from John. And then we've got another one from Grant Athletic. For me, Anthony Joshua. He can run 111. <laughs> yeah, he is an wow. athletic. He's an athletic specimen. And actually, I, wow. I was talking to Neeps as he before the show. Francis and Garnu would have to go in the mix because we're talking like... Ooh. Just specimens, right? You know, like absolute weapons. Nganu looks like he's an alien put on this planet. Yeah. 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 He is huge. He is as big as they come. Lisa Carrington, our very own, gets my vote from Chop. Go the necky. Go the necky. Well, they're out, Chop. Um, but well done. <laughs> Lisa Carrington. Lisa he's obviously Carrington, from two copper. <laughs> very good, very, very good. Another one here, Volkanovski in the UFC. Absolute beast. Strong, fit, skilled, special mentions to Latrell Mitchell from Patty. So there's a couple of big ones coming through. A lot of UFC involved, mate. Very, very good. What is right out of son I was reading today? He's going to get knocked out, apparently. Oh, what, by Pereira? Yeah, mate. Someone's come out and... Uh, uh, Cueto, I think it was, he said that he's going to get knocked out, mate. It's going to be a huge fight, November 13th. Wow. Well, he's definitely going to be tested, isn't he? I thought someone mm. would come to the party with Kipchoge. 
um, because just his lung capacity, like he's obviously got, and like his cruising speed when he runs those marathons is just mind bending, as we've already spoken about. Who's the most athletic person on the planet? And is it Katie Ledecky? Is there a swimmer you mm. want to nominate? Because some of those swimmers are doing special things. So one Emma of them, McKeon. Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep, yep. Oof. Is it Cody Simpson? <laughs> 29 away <laughs> from seven. Who Why? is the most athletic person on the planet? You come through, double eight, double three. I'm certain at one point of a time it was LeBron James. At one point of a time, LeBron James was undoubtedly the greatest athlete on the planet. Um, he's obviously in the twilight now, and he can't quite have that claim, but it might be Zion Williamson when he comes back. We'll keep going with this after the news of Aroha for Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SCNZ 26 and a half away from 7 o'clock. Of course, we are in the finals week for MPC. Uh, quarterfinals coming up, as he points out, not involving Taranaki, but they'll kick off on Friday night, and we'll preview that later towards the end of this week. Of course, we've got the Women's Rugby World Cup here as well. 8th of November, only days away. So exciting. At Bunnings Trade, helping business is our trade here to make jobs the job easier for you because helping business is our trade now we've already mentioned it Kempi's got to mention it a little bit later on but Warriors star Josh Curran so he is under investigation at the moment by the NRL integrity unit and also um, I assume the authorities yeah well he was there was an incident at a Port Macquarie nightclub of all places early hours of Monday morning. So the Warriors have confirmed that this is happening and the NRL Integrity Unit are dealing with it. Um, And New South Wales Police are investigating an incident over there. It's an alleged assault. So that's what's happened up in uh, the Warriors off-season to date. Unfortunate news. Hopefully it's all cleared up and we can move forward. Bayern Munich in the Champions League right now are a 3-0 ahead at halftime. Marseille is 2-1 up over Sporting. And later on this morning, we've got some cracking games, including Atletico Madrid, Porto, Napoli. We've got Inter, Barca, Liverpool, Rangers. Uh, very exciting morning in the Champions League, so we'll keep you posted and updated with that as it comes through. Uh, Paul Cole. Somebody said Paul Cole. Is he? he went world number one uh, rank this week. Are we Are we on track to have a chat with Paul Cole at some stage? Yeah, chat to Paul Cole in the morning. Um, he's over in New York, and he's going to join us uh, out of New York tomorrow morning. Yeah, we'll have a chat to him. Yeah, just recently uh, returned to world number one. He's obviously um, started his campaign again, got a second last outing in Egypt, but uh, was knocked out in the first round. In his previous tournament, so he had to do a bit of soul searching and a bit of digging, and he's gone away and um, and done that, and he's back into winning ways and and back into world one. So looking forward to champ chatting to champion and friend of our show. We love him here on ECZ. I was at training yesterday with his auntie. <laughs> she was cracking me up. She was like, "Stop trying to steal Colsey off me! Stop trying to steal Colsey off me! You, you, you got you know I'm trying to wind him up. You, you're trying to steal him from me. She's just winding me up." But I was like having a good old tongue and cheek conversation with her while I couldn't even breathe. And uh, yeah, it was good. So yeah, coming on tomorrow, boys.
Nice stuff, mate. Good to see you back out there. And um, before you hit the links today, we've got to get yourself your body in tip-top shape before you start swinging that club around. Kempi, um, <laughs> the Latrell Mitchell, the Latrell Mitchell uh, suggestion on the best athlete on the planet at the moment got me thinking. The NRL has produced some incredible athletes throughout the years. You've got, had the likes of Jared Hayne and, and Valentine Holmes that have gone and had a crack at NFL, you had obviously Israel Folau and Carl Michael Hunt that cross-coded and played in a bit of AFL. Who's some of the premier athletes that you can think of? I mean, I, I think of a, a bloke like Manu Vatavai in his prime or um, Ali. Yep, uh, the Michael Jordan of rugby league at the time, Ali uh, Titi. Um Sonny Bill Williams, mate, hands down. Is the oh, best I've ever seen. True. I, I always spoke about it, um, about him going to rugby union, saying that we've lost one of the best players that I've ever seen in my time, go over and cross code. Um, but thank God he came back and, you know, not only that, conquered rugby, conquered rugby league and um, went in, into boxing. He put his hand to anything, Sonny Bill. He's been by far the best athlete in my time that I've seen. And, and there's been plenty. You know, if you're talking about it's a great the beast, suggestion. you know, Kevin Kevin Edel and um, Mel Meninga, like physically, if you're talking about physical specimens, those two of their day were probably the two biggest and fastest and strongest bikes that I've ever seen and out in the centres playing for Australia and New Zealand. So, um, but Sonny Bill Williams is a, is a different level. Ooh, Sonny Bill Williams, that's a good one. That's a good one, Kippy. Brad Thorne, Brad Thorny, Thorny. Oh, coming over. Coming over from league into into rugby and mate, he's won everything. When you think about it, he's run grand finals, he's run super rugby titles, and he's won a uh, World Cup, you know, like and he's run an NPC title, probably won the Ram Fooley Shield. Anything he touches that man wins. So Brad Thorne would probably be one that really springs to mind for me. Just an ultimate athlete, ultimate professional when it comes to dedicating his time to his art, and that's what Thorny did so, yeah. Thorny will probably be one of those for me there, Kempi. Well, yeah, good player too, but both in rugby league. He was a big loss to rugby league as well, going out of the Broncos. Um, but those guys sort of, you know, they can put their hand to anything and, and they're the leaders, you know, when you're talking leadership on the football field, basically why, they, why teams chase them is because they're a big key of leading teams to, to trophies. Mm. You look how many trophies yeah. they've got. That's it. They were just winners, really. They just won wherever they went. You know, what teams are built? You know, when you say you're building teams on people, those two names, Sonny Bill Williams and and Brad Thorne. Look, look what happened to the teams they went into. Hey, um, yeah, RTS, an unbelievable athlete, especially in his prime. I think about the Barrett brothers. Actually, now I'm just thinking, guys, you you boys played with like what Geordie can do for his size makes him pretty. He's a bit of a specimen, is he? Oh, freakish, mate. Honestly, you see what he does with golf? Uh, cricket. Goes out and plays cricket in the Black Clash. Dominates that game. Goes and plays fullback for All Blacks and Hurricanes. Dominates. He has to get shifted into 12. Dominates. He plays a t- Mate, he's, he's freakish. And get this. Plays golf. He's off a scratch. Yeah. Golf. That's it. Says it all, eh? <laughs> he is off a scratch in golf, mate. One of the most technical, tactical, hardest games to... To compete at, I feel, he just dominates it, mate. Oh, he is an athlete, is um, Geordie Barrett. For sure. Greg Inglis was probably the best ever NRL as far as athletic ability, but Izzy Folau would be a close second. Paddy, I'd 
tend to agree with you, mate. I think that's a really good nomination. Greg Inglis in his prime down there in Melbourne, Gimpy. Oh. Just throw. <laughs> mate, I was, at the, I was at the game at Melbourne um, when they played the Kiwis and he ran down the sideline. He got the ball on the 25-metre line. Oh, I remember that. He was, I think he was 19 at the time, and he took off and they couldn't get to him, mate. And I was like, wow, this kid is going to be something special. So when you asked the question right at the beginning, the first Name that came to my mind was Tommy Trebojevic. Oh yeah, like seriously, just I mean, needs a new hamstring. Yeah, and I just you know I look at that kid. I think he's the best player we've got in the NRL, but he just can't stay on the football field. Um, and then you've got Suwali, uh, jo- uh, Joseph, Joseph Suwali. Yep, Suwali. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be something special. I reckon he goes back to Australian rugby. That's my mm. call. Wow, that had upset a lot of people. Richie McCaw, obviously he had unbelievable ticker. And then this one from Tim the Teacher. Morning, lads. What about Joseph uh, Vingegaard, who, or anyone who can complete a Tour de France and any of the cycling tours must be the most gruelling events in world sport? Yeah, Tim. Probably a really good point. And the last one I'll throw out there, who thinks that this Erling Haaland might might be... Because just going back to the original question, who right now... Is the greatest athlete in current sport if it's not Zion Williamson? Well, Haaland could genuinely be in the conversation, couldn't he? Because he's in he's what, twenty four or younger? Did you see that goal he scored where he ran past the defenders, the balls hit the ground and he's sliding and he's lifted his foot up at the right angle to tap it into the back of the net while he's on his back? <laughs> he's a- I, I was like, mate, how difficult would that be? He's an athletic freak, and he's got the touch of exactly what you're saying. He's, he's incredible. So, Harland would be the last one just to chuck out. But Kitten coming through, oh, double yeah. eight, Love double that. three. Um, 0800 150 We've got a $50 TAB bonus bet for you to take on the Quizmaster. Oh, Neeps is good on luck. deck again. He's just out with a vengeance at the moment. Rack and stack yourselves up because we're going to need plenty of you. Quizzy dag after this. This is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quizzes on the line, just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, give us a call. Zay, the phone lines are running hot. How good. Everyone's on a heater. Here we go. Zay from Auckland. Morning, Zadie. Good morning, Izzy. Good luck, my friend. Here we go. Question number one. What is the name of the Chicago Bulls mascot? Oh, can I have a clue? Yeah, if you put a Balmain hooker in the Taranaki NPC front row, you would have the mascot. I don't know. Bull and a tiger? Ooh, no. No. Sorry, Zade. Sorry, Zade. Have a good day, my friend. Ed from... Auckland. Ed, good morning. Is that me? <laughs> yeah, that's you, Ed, from Tolaga. How are you, brother? <laughs> you stumped me, bro. You stumped me, bro. Hey, I've been watching um, East Coast versus Warrior on replay and drinking. Ah! My, I'm earlier in the boys. 
Yeah. <laughs> How good, eh? How good are the coasties going? They are flying. Oh, man, that's I, full wins, man. That's just a long yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, hard. Hey, right, what is the name of the Chicago Bulls mascot? Is it Benny? Benny. The Bull. Benny. What? Benny the Bull. Question number two. 22-year-old footballer Erling Haaland has been carving up the EPL, is on track to break all sorts of record. Where is he from? Norway. Norway is correct. Very good. Question number three. The Breakers host their first game of the season this weekend at Spark Arena. Who are they playing against? Not... It's not Illawarra Hawks. Illawarra Hawks is incorrect. Sorry, Ed. Have a good day. Have a good day. Talk to you, Popo. Thank you. Alf and Whangarei. Morning. Morning, boys. Morning, Morning Al. Breakers. First game of the season this weekend at Spark Arena. Who are they playing against? Oh, um, can I get a clue, please? Keep Close to New Zealand. Tassie? Melbourne. Melbourne. No, 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 Yeah. Five. 1995. Four. Uh, three. Grant Dalton. Grant Dalton, incorrect, Al. Sorry, mate. Have a good day. Fun Beautiful. Love having you guys, on, all you on the show. Here we go. Jay from Hamilton. Morning, boys. How are we? Good, Jade. Morning to you. Who was skip off Team New Zealand? 1995 Black Magic Boat. Russell Truth, wasn't it? Russell Coates is correct. Question number five, Jade. To take home the gravy. Here we go. What golf tournament am I playing in next week in Canterbury? I need the full name. Uh, is it the Michael Hill Jeweler New Zealand Open Tuesday? No. No. No, it's, it's not the Michael Hill Jeweler. Sorry, Jade. Have a good day. We're going to go to Lamy and Palmy North. Lemmy. Morena, morena, Kimpi, Louie, and Zoe. Morena, morena. Oi, you would have been listening because you can't get much past your taringers. Here we go. What golf tournament is, is am I planning next week? Oh, oh, give us a clean, please, Kimpi, because I really don't know. It might be a hoi ho, it might be a bird. Oh, hoi ho, bird. Okay. I can't think of this time of the morning. I'll just go, the money or two open, brother. <laughs> <laughs> the money or two open is incorrect. I love it, though. I'd love to give you it, but no. No, sorry, Lemmy. Have a good day, my brother. <laughs> Mike from Christchurch. Mike. Oh, I have no clue either. Um, maybe like, oh, Queenstown Golf Tournament. That's in Christchurch. It's in Canterbury. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're in Christchurch, so it's, you know, uh, yeah. You know the See you later, Mike. Course. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> You're off. Tim from Christchurch, morning. Where am I playing golf? Just give me the golf course. That'll be enough. Uh, you're playing at Pegasus. Pegasus is correct. There we go. The Pegasus Open Pro-Am competition for the Charles Tour, hopefully. Yes, lads. There you go. Well done. And Tim just slinks on in there. You can put that $50 bonus bet straight on, is he, to win it all? Seven away from <laughs> seven. Don't waste your money. <laughs> He's going to be locked in full athlete, all black mode. Owen Williamson returns today. We were talking in the first hour, lads, about who is the greatest current athlete on the planet. And uh, Roscoe came through. Well, it's got to still be Kelly Slater. He's a freak. Um, looking back in history, Bo Jackson gets my vote. Elite at two sports at the same time from an unnamed texter. Yep, pretty good. And Charlie, a phenomena is Ross Edgley. Google him. Swam around Great Britain. His list of achievements is amazing. Rope climbed the height of Everest. Check him out. Excuse me? Wow. <laughs> Rope climbed the height of Everest? Wow, that is, that is phenomenal. Keep those messages coming through because there are some names that we won't know and would have to Google and have we look at. So keep them coming up. Anyway, someone that's doing some phenomenal things or trying to achieve something, wow, crazy, is Glenn Ashby, part of the Emirates Team New Zealand team. We're going to play that for you after this. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. The Chemist Warehouse October catalogue and find Paco Raban 1 million, 100 mil for 99.99. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. SCNZ just after 7 o'clock Wednesday, the 5th of October. Sorry, 5th of October and well into October. It's meant to snow here, boys, in Ototahi Christchurch. Arctic We're meant to get snow. What's going on? What is going on, Louis? Last week I was talking about it's warm, you know, sunshine, the morale's up. Now I'm trying to deal with. Arctic blast coming through Christchurch. I just checked. snow in the city for the first time in a long time. Just checked. Kempi's still got shorts on, so... (laughs) (laughs) If Kempi's still got shorts on, we're okay up here. But I I just had a look, Izzy. It's right now. It's uh, like one degree in Queenstown in the central Otago. It's nearly minus in Twizel. Invercargill, it's three. Timaru, it's four. And think about all those little lammies from Palmerston North out there, mate. 
this is a nightmare for farmers at this time of year, and they've got their new uh, stock coming through. Kemp, you'd have to deal with that, so it's not ideal. Nah, it's not ideal, mate. Like this time of the year, especially grand final time, you're expecting the seasons to start warming up. So, uh, oh, mate, just a little hiccup in the weather patterns. Is it becoming the norm, though? That's the question. Ooh. Yeah, I'm just not not <laughs> not long not long for my first professional outing, lads. I need as much practice as I can. No, you want like to you concrete. want the snow to come down. You want to you want to even it nah. up. Kempi, when it's cold, my back can't really rotate, and it's like hitting concrete when you're hitting those golf balls when it's freezing, and it just, she's not good, she's not good, but anyway, anyway, there's people out there that are doing worse off than me, mate, dealing with farms, yes, the lambs are all, you know, it's lambing season, and calves, and and all sorts of things like that, plants, and grass, and growth, oh, come on, sunshine, just come through, a little bit of blip in the road, anyway. Someone sent a message yesterday. Morning, fellas. Are there youth tournament for league like rugby, under 19, under 20s? That's where you get pathways for coaches. That was yesterday's message. And someone just asked me, who's on the bag for the golf? Izzy. Well, I've got no one on my bag at the moment. So I'm, I'm looking for a caddy if anyone wants to help out next week. Give us a message, double eight, double three. Get you along and you can come read some putts for Daggy. And we'll have a laugh. We'll have a bit of a, a bit of laugh. I'll show you lunch too. There you go. Hey. There you go. Got some quick uh, messages coming through. Is it you? Are you on as he's big? I've left it entirely up to my mate. You know, he's the one deciding who's on the bag, who's he getting well, to lunch, who's going. Well, he's shouting so much. <laughs> he's, well, he shouts, he shouts a lot. I'll tell you how I'm not shouting. That's Lemmy. Lemmy coming through. Well, his turbos cost me lunch. Let's be honest. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> is he? I know we're going to crack on to Glenn Ashby, who, by the way, is doing something... Just mind-bending, speaking of freakish yeah. kind of attempts. But just talking about the lambing, not lamby from Palmerston North, but lambing and uh, obviously it's spring and it's the new season. We haven't had an episode of Country Clueless since he got rid of his... <laughs> we, we had one. We had one this morning, but it was off air. Oh. <laughs> Man, as he had a conversation Joey. about tractors. Play Hilarious. It. Play it. Play it for later on in the show because Kempi's got one for us, okay? Oh, Kempi, <laughs> you've so... got a country clueless. <laughs> Kempi's the country clueless now because he's going to country. He owns the half of uh, the the North uh, North Island up there, <laughs> Kitty Kitty. So he's got to mow the lawn somehow. He's going to tell a story later on today. So uh... play the music. Seven fifty-five. Play the music, okay? Sorted, done, settled, <laughs> beautiful. Well, before That's a set up. before then, that wasn't even a setup. But I'm glad, Izzy. Well done. There. Uh, we'll get some country clueless out. Uh, keep your messages coming through on the greatest athlete at the moment. So Zion Williamson plays basketball today. Who is the best athlete on the planet? Another submission for uh, Tyson Fury there, Kempi. That's from Kevin. So he's backing you up. But Izzy, yesterday you caught up with Glenn Ashby, right? And um, this was pretty spacey when we saw it, a spaceship-type vessel flying across the lakes in South Australia. Let's hear from him. He's a skipper or is he a pilot? Well, we'll find out. S-E-N-Z. Right. Now listen closely because this might take some getting your head around. When I say Emirates Team New Zealand, you instinctively think America's Cup sailing water, right? What if I was to tell you this, the sailing isn't restricted to the water, though, and they were, in fact, looking to be world beaters on the land? Well, that's what's going on as their wind-powered land speed world record attempt in South Australia on the salts of Lake Gardner is in full swing with skipper or pilot Glenn Ashby, the madman behind the operation. Glenn is with me now to elaborate 
on what on earth is going on here. G'day, Glenn. Thanks so much for joining us, mate. Yeah, g'day, Izzy. How's it all going? Oh, we're good, mate. But just just take us back to the start. Where and how the hell did you get this idea? <laughs> yeah, look, it's, um, you know, I guess sort of speed with, with sailing has sort of been, you know, fairly prevalent probably since I was a, a little kid, mate, to be honest. And really this, you know, is taking things, I guess, to, to that sort of ultimate level of how fast can you go, you know, powered by the wind. And obviously the America's Cup boats that we've, you know, sailed on in the last sort of decade have, you know, been getting faster and faster and faster. And, um, you know, that technological side of things is, is getting, you know, better and better. And really this project has been a, a bit of a lifelong dream for me. And, you know, I've just been very, very fortunate that Emirates Team New Zealand have uh, shared the passion with taking on a project that's, you know, pretty unique, pretty bespoke out of the box and, you know, and pushing the boundaries, which uh, the team does extremely well. So um, I feel very fortunate. Yeah, well, that's my next question, mate. How on earth did you convince Dolts and your team New Zealand bosses bosses to endorse this and get behind it? <laughs> well, you know, Dolts uh, doesn't need much convincing when it comes to sort of driving fast cars or bikes. So I've sort of got a, a, a partner in crime <laughs> thinking along the same lines there. But um, obviously... Look, it's a, you know, being, being a fairly, you know, bespoke project and something that's sort of fairly technologically advanced, like the foiling chase boat, the foiling hydrogen chase boat program, this is another feather in the cap, really, of what New Zealand and certainly what Emirates Team New Zealand can do. And, you know, we've got a lot of fantastic people within the team um, and a lot of um, fantastic New Zealand companies that have sort of got behind us. Um, you know, with the project, Southern Stars um, and Toyota have been, you know, fantastic partners um, you know, with them at Team New Zealand and really, you know, punching well above their weight, you know, on, the, on a world scale. So for us to be able to come across here to sort of, you know, my backyard, I guess, if you like, from where I've grown up, even though we're a state away, um, you know, to have the team come across and, you know, have the, uh, the, the craft with the New Zealand flag on the side of it, you know, hopefully ripping down the, the salt at great speeds in the, in the coming weeks is, is going to be really fantastic. And I think it draws a lot of people in from, you know, different different industries. Um, it's sort of in between flying, it's in between motorsport, um, and it's also in between sailing. So it really combines a lot of um, a lot of different things all in, in, in one place. Well, it takes a team. And you've always had a fantastic team behind the scenes, innovators, the, the the best boat builders going around, and Team New Zealand's always been leading the way with the, with the, every single time they've been out sailing. Their boats are fast, they're slimline, they are just too good. Talk us through this vehicle, a land yacht. What does it look like, and how does it work? Yeah, well, it's um, it's it's obviously uh, you know got wheels on it instead of foils, which is probably the main <laughs> yeah. difference for us as a as a, as a team. Um, you know, we haven't been experts by any means in tyre technology or suspension setups or anything like that. So we've very much had to, you know, as a team, look outside the square of our comfort zone and, and sort of, you know, talk to different industries and different people on, you know, what we were trying to do. Obviously, the carbon fibre, the composite side of things and the mechanical engineering, you know, we were very, very strong at. And obviously, the, um, you know, the wing side of things and understanding how wings work um, and aerodynamics, you know, we have a good idea of that. So, you know, we've had to put ourselves outside our comfort zone. But the actual craft itself um, is about uh, 40 feet long. Um, the wing height 
um, is around 33 feet high or 10, 10.1 metres high. And we've got a big long arm that goes out to the side of the craft on the windward side, um, which has a big bulb on the end of it, a little bit like a keel of one of the old version 5 America's Cup boats or any other yacht that basically stops the craft rolling over. So we actually ballast the craft up. Um, it weighs about 1,600 kilograms empty, and we actually ballast the craft up to about 2.5 to 2.8 tonnes um, of weight with lead and steel. And that weight helps the tyres grip on the surface, on the salt, and we need a big, long runway to, to wind up from a standing start to hopefully have a crack at breaking this record of 202.9 kilometres an hour. So we're hoping to smash that if we can, and 250 kilometres an hour is our, is our target speed. 250 kilometres an hour, not just smashing it, demolishing the, the old record set in 2009. Look, uh, what sort of conditions do you need to have this all pan out perfectly? Yeah, look, we, um, we obviously need a, a, you know, a perfectly sort of dry surface. Um, it is very, very smooth out here. It's sort of nature's you know, open runway, if you like. It's perfectly flat. And really, for us, we need it to be almost unpleasantly windy. So when races would have been called off, you know, for the America's Cup, you know, we'll be just starting to warm up. So um, we'll be looking to have around about 30 to 35 knots of, of wind. Even more would be better. And that provides the power or the thrust um, for the wing to basically suck the craft forward through the through the air. So... Um, we'll ballast the craft up accordingly. We need to, you know, make sure we've got the right tyres on. Um, we end up with a huge amount of side force, about 1.7 tonnes of side load on the craft at 250 kilometres an hour. So even at 200 kilometres an hour, we're very, very close to that 1.7 tonnes of side force. So we only have about 250 kilograms of, of thrust, so massive side force, not much forward force. So the balance and the aerodynamics of how you set the craft up are super important to get that ultimate top-end speed on the salt surface. Oh, no doubt you would have done many a test run. So you have, on unofficially, what have you got up to unofficially? <laughs> unofficially, we're sort of uh, just getting towards the 150-kilometre-an-hour mark now. Um, we did about 145 kilometres out at Fenil uh, Pine on the runways there, but unfortunately... Needed to sort of hit the brakes pretty hard without sort of having to go off the end of the runway there. So being out here on the lake, you know, we're hoping to sort of quite quickly be able to let the craft stretch its legs, stretch its legs, and and really start you know sending it pretty hard. And I have you know huge confidence in the design and the engineering you know capacity of the of the yacht. So it's really up to me to sort of um, you know man up and uh, and hang on to the thing and actually um, you know keep the power absolutely flat to the floor and actually steer the craft at about a 10-degree drift um, across the surface at over 200 kilometres an hour. So something that I've been looking forward to doing for a long time and it sort of connects my, I guess, motorsport um, love and my sailing love all together and hopefully we can do that as a great team effort and, and make New Zealand proud. Oh, mate, it, it is phenomenal. It's, it's mind-boggling what you're about to do, and we hope you achieve it, Glenn Ashby, like you've just given us all the detail, um, and, and I'm picturing it here, mate, just all the forces and, and everything that's going to happen to this machine, and things happen to have to happen perfectly, let's be completely honest, because when it goes wrong, it could go 
you know, go pear-shaped pretty quick. Am I right? Yeah, look, absolutely. Like like anything, you know, when, when you're pushing the boundaries hard and you are you know, on the very much on the cutting edge of, of technology and performance that has been in motorsport uh, or in sailing, as we've seen, you know, with the America's Cup boats, when when things go slightly wrong, they can go wrong, you know, in a big way. So I've spent a lot of time, um, you know, on the simulator and, and working hard on, on the if, the buts and the maybe. And, you know, I'm, I'm certainly... You know, going to ease myself in the best I possibly can to you know, learning about the craft, and you know, every day we'll be sort of testing when we do have you know very very good conditions to test in. I'll be hopefully raising the bar, you know, quite quickly to sort of run through different configurations. But there'll come a point in time where it'll be, um, you know, you have to take the bit between your teeth and you have to push into areas that you know might be a little bit uncomfortable. But that's uh, that's what breaking records are all about, and I'm I'm certainly on this planet to do exactly that. So I won't be holding back when the time comes. Oh, we can't wait to watch it, mate, and see it all unfold. Just quickly, I know it won't be just you, a one-man bandit, so anyone else who needs a shout-out from Emirates Team New Zealand that's helping you and behind the scenes to be able to achieve what you're achieving? Yeah, look, I think certainly, uh, you know, Sean Regan and the uh, the, the Shaw Crew guys that have, have sort of built the boat. Um, massive shout out to, to those those boys. They've, they've done an absolutely incredible job of, of putting the craft together really quickly. And, you know, Dolph has obviously been a, a great supporter and, and the wider team, you know, throughout the, the whole design um, build process. It's really a, it really is a, a big team method. And I think that's one of the real special parts about Emirates Team New Zealand is, you know, it's the team aspect of it all. And, you know, you work together and uh, you get the, the, the strength out of the collective group. And, um, you know, that's why we've been able to achieve, you know, some fantastic results over the past decade or so. So, um, yeah, no, really proud of all the guys. And it's, you know, it's a great privilege to be able to pilot this car, hopefully into the, uh, into the record books. When D-Day. Have you got a D-Day that we can look forward to this? Mate, it's um, unfortunately, uh, you know, unlike a rugby game that kicks off on, on the whistle, <laughs> for us, we're based around the, uh, the weather and Mother Nature. So um, yeah. the beauty about this challenge is that, um, you know, Mother Nature will provide us the gift when she's ready and we just have to make sure we're they're ready to accept that gift when the time comes. And one of the exciting things is, is sort of the unknown of when you're going to get that, that gift of that beautiful breeze in the right conditions. So... Um, I can't give you an exact time, but I'm sort of hoping over the next couple of months that you know we're going to have an opportunity to uh, to put the put the pedal to the metal. Well, I'm sure the way the world's going, mate. She's pretty crazy and pretty angry at the moment. There won't that time will come pretty shortly, no doubt, mate. Appreciate your time on the show, Glenn Ashby, Emirates Team New Zealand chasing the land record, 202.9 kilometres. Well, in fact, he's going to demolish it, 250. In fact, we appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. Thanks, Izzy. Cheers, mate. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Off the back. <laughs> Excuse me. Not off the back fence with Tony Kemp. S E N Z. Glenn Ashby. Wow. You were just thinking about speed then, weren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> then I played it a second time. Uh, wow. I'm just watching Izzy where it is uh, in Lake Gardner there in South Australia, like on the salt flats. And that is incredible. It's vast, it's open, it's windy, mm. it's gnarly. Did you just get the impression when you were speaking to him that this guy's just mad? He's mad, mate. He's mad. Like all the science science that's gotta go in that's all involved with forces coming from the left to the right. Like everything's gonna work perfectly, otherwise it can go pear shaped. 
and obviously waiting for Mother Nature to provide the perfect conditions. Like, everything's going to fall in place. It was a great chat with Glenn Ashby. What an absolute bloke. We appreciated that. And I did. I was just sitting there going, wow, this is actually genuinely crazy. <laughs> Adrenaline junkies, eh? Like, at, at a, 250k. At a different <laughs> level. Absolute different level. Man, I, I, I get frightened when I'm going 120 k's. <laughs> Imagine that. In, in that your thing. Audi with your earbags. Oh, I know. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible. But, but I got another. I got a mate down in Fongamata. His name's Stuart Goldsworth. He's been going over to those salt flats too, trying to break a land speed record. And he's a real car enthusiast. Um, mm. Mate, they're just they're, they're different people. Like he's just yeah. so full of adrenaline. He just wants to get to to a place as fast as he can. One thing I couldn't work out is he is, and I wanted to know is why Team New Zealand? Why are they doing this? Surely they've got, but they just, as he said, they just want another feather in their cap. They love to innovate. They mm. love to push the boundaries. So they love speed. Dolts love speed. So he's like, yeah, why not? Yeah, <laughs> hey, Glenn, you take the kit. Enjoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much your, you need? Chase your tra- crazy childhood <laughs> dream. Insane. Yeah. Brilliant. Hey, and after uh, off. The back of this, we will go off the back fence, Kimpy. So, unless all your eyes light up there for a second, like, is it go time? I was, no, I was like, I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it after this. 22 minutes past seven. That's Glenn Ashby, uh, Team New Zealand, America's Cup winning skipper, and now trying to break a lands win speed record. Incredible chat. Nice stuff. It is here with Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Kimpy off the back fence after this. It didn't take long, only 24 hours after the final whistle of the season and the NRL silly season has kicked into full swing. Already in just the past 48 hours, the NRL Integrity Unit has been called upon to investigate three, yes three separate incidents following grand final night. Instead of celebrating what has been a fantastic season and a return to normality post-COVID, Headlines will instead remind us of just how totally unprepared for the professional game some athletes really are. And here's the thing. The Integrity Unit was set up to stop this type of thing happening. All the happenings over the last 48 hours show us that unfortunately it does not. Where is the integrity? And what's now required? I say simply cancel a contract if the offence is serious enough to warrant it. Stop pussyfooting around with players. A slap on the hand basically says that their bad behaviour is acceptable at some level. I'm sick of the shenanigans and I'm tired of reading the same stories every season. Same antics, different season. The NRL need to show some serious leadership before the game becomes overrun by idiots. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Yeah, we touched on it earlier, Kemp. Yeah, just... <laughs> You're just waiting every single time for something new to come out, and uh, even the Warriors aren't even playing. Been out of the competition for ages, and something seems to pop up. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting, and obviously with what's happened after the Panthers, and I've been reading quite a few things. Um, people are obviously um, for, you know, not not you know, obviously the Panthers when they come out and. Corusau was talking about the Tigers, and you've got Fisher Harris. I was reading Mark Guy. I said, <laughs> "He's like, mate, they're drunk. They're drunk. They're going to say some things when they're drunk, and they're not going to mean it." And he was actually supporting it, which was quite crazy. Um, well, not supporting it, but he just said, "Look, you know, you got to give them give them a bit of leeway here. They've just won a premiership, and they've been out all night, no sleep, so they're going to do some dumb things." So it's probably more of a club thing, trying to hide the like, keep these players away, keep them out of the 
limelight when they've just been on an absolute bender. Keep them away and wait for the for them to calm down before they front. Look, it's um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But the current thing was kind of more's unfolding. He's only a, it's only well, he hasn't been um, convicted of anything. He's just been uh, you know thought that he might have assaulted someone. So it'll be interesting to see what happens under there, Kempi. But yep, interesting scenario with with how they're rolling in the NFL uh, NRL, sorry, and what's unfolding. Yeah, look, the integrity unit, and, and I, look, I love Valandis. I think he's great for the game, um, but he needs to come. He needs to come down hard on this because this has to stop. Because uh, it just happens every year, and um, in and out of, especially off seasons going into pre-season, and pre-season going into in-season, we're gonna we we're gonna have more of this happening. So, the way to I'm more about the way how you stop it. Like you can't set it. So the integrity unit was only set up a few years ago was set up to stop this type of behaviour and hand down penalties. The penalties are obviously not strict enough, so why don't you make them strict enough? Why don't you you're gonna have to there's gonna be a bit of, have to be a bit of pain to get a result. If you tear up contracts, then players are gonna think you know, they're gonna second guess going out on the on the drink and and making these really poor decisions. And and that in itself is really average, isn't it? You all of these things are under the influence of alcohol. Yeah, it's a real ambulance at the bottom of the cliff situation that you're talking about, Kempi. How do you break the chain? And there's a real relationship with alcohol that the NRL and actually a lot of sporting codes have with young men. It's actually a cultural thing as well, and yeah, it kind of raises more questions than answers, doesn't it? But you're right, something does need to change. Twenty nine away from eight. Oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. What would you do? And how disappointed are you to see this Josh Curran news if you are a Warriors fan? Double eight, double three. Does it piss you off? What do you feel about it? Come through after the news with with Kubota together with Shaping and Building New Zealand. SENZ with 26 minutes away from 8 o'clock this morning. Uh, welcome back into the show. Great to have you company and, and stay with us because we've got some good stuff coming up, including Country Clueless with Kempi before the end of the hour. Can't wait for that. Gull is fueling your mission all year round. Pop into your local for some great value fuel. Visit gull.nz. Um, if you just tuned in, you missed a Great chat with Glenn Ashby, who's an Australian, but he's a bit of an adopted Kiwi these days, is Glenn. He's obviously the skipper of Team New Zealand's America's Cup tilt and has been. He's He's been th- right in the thick of that. But at the moment, they're trying to break a land wind speed world record over in Australia with Team New Zealand. It's a bit crazy, and this was him talking about what he needs to do to accomplish their goal. I have... You know, huge confidence in the design and the engineering. So it's really up to me to sort of man up and uh, and hang on to the thing and actually um, you know keep the power absolutely flat to the floor and actually steer the craft at about a ten degree drift um, across the surface at over two hundred kilometres an hour. <laughs> yeah, sure, sane, <laughs> real sane. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, you can hear it in Izzy's voice there, just like, what are you talking about, mate? Um, another news around the world. Go catch that, that whole chat at Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, our podcast channels. If you're a speed demon, you'll love that chat. Other news, well, you spoke about how busy of a sporting time it is. 
Yeah, it's huge. And the Constellation Cup, the netball adds to that. October 12 at Spark Arena, it all kicks off. So the Silver Ferns Constellation Cup squad has been named. We've got Emilian Akinasio as the captain, Sulu Fitzpatrick, Maddie Gordon, Kate Heffernan, Kayla Johnson, Kelly Jury, Phoenix Karaka, Grace Nwiki, Kimiura Poi. Uh, we have got... Um, Ruelu Buchanan, Tapia Salvi Rickett, Whitney Sunis, Peter Toyava, Ali Timu, Maya Wilson making up the squad. So that is four matches over New Zealand and Australia. Some of those women are only in the Kiwi League as well. And in the Champions League right about now, Bayern is leading 5 0 over Victoria Pison and Marseille is beating Sporting 3 1. And the last little bit of sporting news from around the world is we are on Aaron Judge watch. They are currently playing the Texas Rangers, and if he hits the 60-second home run, well, he is outright behind Barry Bonds as the um, all-time, well, second in the all-time list, but the Barry Bonds stat that he put up for home runs in the season, obviously, is a little bit under cloud, a little bit of a, mm, because, you know, what Barry was up to in those days. <laughs> anyway. Loved his Maccas. <laughs> yeah, and other stuff. Uh, Lily? Yes? Lily, it, uh, Wednesday fill up? Ruakaka? Yeah, surely. There's a couple of nice horses going around. Okay. Dad's yeah. waiting. He's, he said he <laughs> can't wait to hear what Lily's got today. <laughs> oh, dad, dad, dad. <laughs> Pete, well, we'll dig something out, but I did have a look last night, and I probably would have mentioned it by now if there was something I loved, but um, we'll, we'll find something. There's a couple of texts here, though, Kempi, just reacting to you, and I know that this is something you're passionate about, so you want to get to those? Yeah, there's one here from Gary. It says, hi, boys, it's time to stop blaming the piss and the rubbish decisions we make. Drink responsibly or don't. It took years to change our attitude to smoking, drink driving, mental health, etc. Man up and sort out. The drink, bro. Cheers, Gary. And look, it's it's really unfortunate that in the the I understand the pressure of, of professionalism, and you get a break. Break, you know. A, a, what happens is the boys are generally binge drinkers, aren't they? So they go out and they yep. actually drink till the cows come home, and then the cows don't come home, and they decide to go and find a cow that they can give a little bit of a touch up, so they can get themselves in trouble. It's it's got to stop, like. I think for that short period of time, because it's such a short career, you've got to actually make a decision. Like, don't drink alcohol and concentrate on professional sport and remove yep. it. I, I think remove it. Uh, I don't know how you do that, but... Is that I, what Cam Munster did, is he? Yeah, he removed it, yeah. But he, he went away, but he actually went away to um, some some clinics and got some professional help too when it went away. and So he put in steps in place for him. To, to make those changes, Kempi, like he obviously put um, was steered in the right direction, but he actually made those decisions to go away and and help himself and get some clinical help, some medical help. So uh, and that's what he's done. And here's the he prob- stopped drinking. And here's the problem: as the money goes up, is he okay? So we're talking Cam Munster a couple of weeks ago being the first two million dollar player out. Yeah. Yep. As the money goes up, the attitudes don't change below it, and that means they have more to spend and more areas to 
to get into trouble, and it's just a, I reckon it's a it's a ticking time bomb if the NRL don't sort it out. They're going to need more and more help with more and more money they get. Kempi, I completely agree with your sentiment there. Brenton, you've got a good message. We'll get to that before the end of the hour. But after this, hey, here's a cool one. Remember Jamie Richards? Yeah, yeah, too. Won us a lot of money throughout the years. Well, he's moved to Hong Kong, and tonight at Happy Valley, Jamie saddles up his first horses in his Hong Kong Odyssey. Yeah, okay. Now, this is a big moment for New Zealand horse racing. So, yesterday I caught up with him because right now it's about two a.m. in Hong Kong, or even one a.m. So he wouldn't be up even though he gets up at a stupid o'clock. So I caught up with Jamie Richards yesterday. I want to play this back to you because it's a big moment for New Zealand horse racing. Jamie Richards up after this on SENZ. Right, he was a champion trainer back here. We've all enjoyed following along with the journey of Jamie Richards throughout the years. And, well, he finds himself in a very different location to Matamata as the debut, the kickoff to the Hong Kong journey is nearly here for Jamie Richards Racing. He's always good with his time. He's with us on the line here this morning. Jamie, it's all coming to fruition, mate. You've got runners at Happy Valley tonight. It's pretty exciting. Does it feel real? Yeah, morning, Louie. Yeah, it's, uh, it's all good. Looking forward to uh, looking forward to um, getting the horses there, and uh, obviously, been a fair while since we've, we've had a runner. Um, you know, finishing up in New Zealand and then doing the groundwork here. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to uh, looking forward to taking the covers off a couple. Uh, we've, we've spoken to you about the kind of journey that you've been on and, and the kind of setting up and adjusting to life in Hong Kong, so we probably don't need to relitigate that. But just on your stable size, the actual dynamics of your stable, what you've got to work with heading into your uh, debut and obviously moving forward, where are you at? Uh, so we've got uh, 50, 51 horses, I think, here at the moment, and uh, the capacity for a single site trainer is 60. As soon as we hopefully get some boxes at Chongfa, which is across the border, uh, at some stage in the next 12 months, um, then our capacity will go to 70. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have the place full um, by November uh, with some new horses, new horses to come in this month and and next month. And uh, yeah, we're we're really pleased with the numbers that we've got. It's been a good vote of confidence from the local owners. Um, and there's, you know, there's plenty of horses there. There's some, you know, obviously better than others. The first ones that we've got racing on uh, Wednesday night, they're, um, uh, you know, all stable transfers from other people. Um, but it's the fresh horses, the new horses um, that have arrived that'll be the backbone of the stable in, in 12 and 18 months' time. Yeah, it's really exciting, and you must be buoyed with confidence by the backing you've got. Is there any way to line up uh, the talent and where you think your stable is out at without actually just getting into it and seeing how your runners are going? Um, it's sort of a bit hard to get a line on them because uh, the trials are all very quiet and the um, uh, <clears throat> the track work's all sort of in hand, well held sort of sort of work. So uh, most of the transfers that we've got. Um, are sort of pretty badly out of form, um, but because they've been so badly out of form, they've also lost a, a lot of rating points. So uh, it's very much a ratings-based system here. They run up and down the different grades and find their mark. And, um, you'll see sort of going through the form and having a look at horses that they have the ability to be able to win off a mark of 38, and it's not, you know, then you get five or six points for winning, and it's not until they get back down to 38 and six or seven runs or whatever it may take that they win again. So it's um, it's, it's very much off ratings. Um, and we've got 
uh, three horses in there tomorrow night that are all sort of rated pretty low. Um, so hopefully they're in with a shout. Yeah, that's, and that is interesting. And I know it's probably spent, it's been something you've taken some time to make sure you've got your head around. Uh, flying on the turf kicks you off, right? So flying on the turf, a bit of a ceremonial runner, but is there a chance he can go really nicely and get you off to a flying start? There's a chance. Uh, he, I think he's winless in 20 starts up here. Um, but he came in, came in as a PP, um, so his rating was a little bit higher than the unraced horses, and he's um, probably been a bit stiff not to have won one by now. But this is his first start down in Class 5. He dropped five points in the off-season. So, um, yeah, this is a nice race to kick him off in, 1,200 around the valley. Uh, he's a horse that performs well on the all-weather track as well. Um, but hopefully, you know, the way that he's trolled up, he can, you know, sort of go out and be competitive all going well. Oh, we'll get a line on you then. If you can get a 20-start Hong Kong maiden winning, um, that, that wouldn't be pretty <laughs> be pretty handy work. What about Fortune Master, mate? Uh, Fortune Master's going all right. He's, um, uh, he's, all of the horses have had a couple of trials. He tried well at Happy Valley. Uh, he's a horse that sort of 12 months ago was winning uh, in class four and, and running sort of genuine class three times. So uh, he's got a few little issues. He's an older horse, uh, but he seems to be pretty sound and pretty happy at the moment. And uh, if he can sort of hold his spot from a good gate, you know, it should, should be half a chance. But um, his body weight is up quite a bit on when he ran for his previous trainer. So uh, that's got to be taken into consideration and all of these horses will improve with the outing. And I see you've got Rattan Kingdom um, in as well, and his regular rider, Ryan Meyer. So you're booking jockeys and trying to keep similar jockeys with similar horses. Has that been easy enough to navigate? Um, yeah, I, I guess so. Just taking a bit of getting used to. Like, uh, obviously, everybody wants to try and use Zach as much as they can, uh, but he's very hard to book. Um, but Luke Ferraris, who's riding a couple, had a good start to the season. He's riding well, is he? A young guy, champion apprentice uh, in South Africa, knows how it works here. And Ruin Meyer, um, a jockey that uh, probably doesn't get a, a whole heap of uh, opportunity, but rides well when he's rides well when he's given a chance. So um, hopefully, Rat and Kingdom can can run well. He's going to race in the blinkers for the first time, and he's trolled well. Uh, he's drawn a little bit awkward in eight. Just need a little bit of luck in running from there, but. Um, Another, hopefully, that's uh, you know fit and forward enough to, to run well. We've tried to sort of set it up so that the first time we go to the races, we've got a few few sort of hopes. And, um, yeah, these are the three that we come up with for the first night. Oh, that must be your marketing manager pushing that. No, that's, that's good to hear, mate. And I would love to, would love to see you hit the ground running, but we also under no illusion of the, the battle and the challenge that is at your feet. And you've spoken about it many a time. This is going to take a year, 18 months, maybe years, before you can start to really fly. Uh, does that mean we'll see Jamie Richards runners consistently at the races from Happy Valley Wednesday on? Yeah, so there's uh, three on Wednesdays we've spoken about, and then we've got two in at Charlton on Sunday. Uh, they're horses that um, uh, will need a run. They're going to kick off at 1,400, and then they'll go back to the Valley uh, 1650 for their second start. That's probably where they're better suited. Uh, but you've got to you've got to run them here. You don't you know the, the owners don't want them sitting in the box. They don't generate any money there um, and if you're running them and they're not running well then you're, then you're dropping points so um, yeah we've just got to, got to work it all out we'll have maybe one or two runners next Wednesday at Happy Valley 
uh, and then in the next month we'll start to have sort of more regular runners that have uh, had a couple of trials and, and some of the new horses will be um, sort of ready to race um, and, and they'll be worth you know looking forward to. So um, yeah, we're just sort of finding our feet a bit and understanding how it all works, but looking forward to um, taking taking some horses to the races uh, on win- uh, uh, tonight. Excellent stuff, Jamie. And uh, I know you're obviously will follow the New Zealand bloodstock closely. Are you a chance to get back here and have a look at some? Um, hopefully that you'll be able to race yourself. Yeah, for sure. Yep, coming back for the ready to run sale. It's a um, proven source of good horses for Hong Kong, and it does suit the uh, suit the owners up here with the with the PPG permits, which is the unraced um, unraced horses. Uh, so yeah, we'll be, be coming back for the sale and, and uh, looking to try and buy some nice prospects for the stable up here. Exciting stuff, mate. This is the start of a new dawn. Um, I know you'll just be trying to keep it business as usual, but we're all pumped for you, so good luck at the Valley, and we'll watch with interest moving forward over the coming weeks. Thanks, Lou. Good to talk to you. Three runners tonight, gentlemen, at uh, Happy Valley. He's straight into it. Races two, races five, races nine. If you want to go and just have a look, it's pretty late tonight. But Happy Valley, we hope that he gets off to an absolute flyer. He's a champion bloke, Jamie, so all the best to you. Six minutes away from eight. Brenton, your text message. Kempi will react to that just after this. Oh, coming up to 8 a.m., everyone's lost the plot in here. Jamie Richards, runners tonight at Happy Valley. How good's that, Kempi? What about this from Brenton? I was listening to Beaver yesterday with Brandy Alexander, and he was also supporting. He had no issues with what the boys, the Panthers, said. I'm a Panthers supporter and think it was disrespectful to some people and has taken the uh, fame away from the club and how professional they really are. Yeah, look, I listened to the run home yesterday too. You've got you to remember that Brandy actually sits on the Penrith board, so it's a across the board uh, comment that he made for the club and he's just protecting the players I'm pretty sure he's disappointed mm, yep yeah I agree there Kempe totally agree and Brandy coming on and sharing it's like look he can have both sides of the story and people for and against that's just the way the world goes but coming up we've got John Sutton he's the CEO of Rugby League World Cup we're going to chat to him he's Aroha with the news for Kubota together we're shaping and building New Zealand Full quality sleep through the night with Good Health Magnesium Sleep Cream, 230 grams. Now $25.99 at Chemist Warehouse. And Kogan Mobile, New Zealand's cheapest unlimited prepay plans. Visit koganmobile.co.nz. This is Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ, Wednesday the 5th of October, it is pouring down here in Christchurch, not good, not good, this weather I'm going to run the gauntlet and go out there and try and attack the golf course or not, 
maybe go do some jobs inside. Probably go to the golf course, and just be honest, I'll just rather get wet than that. Anyway, big show we've had. We've had uh, Jamie Richards on, and if you're a punter, go and have a listen there. He's got a few runners running over in Hong Kong. He's been over there for a few months now, just applying his trade, training horses up in the Hong Kong. And, uh, yeah, well, he's got his first chance to see his stable and, and watch it all unfold. And if you want to have a listen to that, go over to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on the SCNZ app and have a listen. He just tips a few winners and maybe lead you into a few. Well, yesterday I got an email from uh, Chris Wallet, Kempi, regarding Pango. And, uh, obviously, Pango had its uh, first start about a week and a bit, week ago today, actually, uh, at Rose Hill. Didn't get quite the, the jump it wanted, got checked and came home really well at the end of it. Came fifth. Uh, anyway, it's running next Wednesday, Warwick Farm. I'm um, going to get hopefully get a good draw, but that's the thing. They've said if it gets a good draw, we'll run it. If it gets a good draw, we'll run it. Well, what is a good draw, Kempi? Like, obviously, we, we drew number one uh, last week, come out of the barriers, got checked. And uh, came back and, and just couldn't get really get in the run. He had to be on the speed to have any chance. He obviously sat in star getting the, getting the win in that race. But w- what is a ideal barrier for a race? Like, you, you think of the perfect barrier. What is it well, for you, de- anyway? Depending on the number of horses is, is a, is a big one. So you don't want to be drawn too wide and miss the speed and get held out wide and can't get into a good spot. And sometimes if your horse doesn't jump too well, you don't want to be on the inside too and miss the speed and get pushed right to the back. So, mate, your horse is still fine in its feet. Um, a good yep. draw for him, I'd say, would be in the probably the first six barriers. Um, yep. And, oh, look, I like the race, the run of your horse last week. I think it's a, a dead set um, doozy to have back next Wednesday. And, and the yep. thing with Chris Waller is that he wants to get you guys a win as quick as possible. That's that's what I like. So he'll be setting it up for a race which he knows he can win. And if you read what he sent to you the first time after that race, uh, he simply said, yeah, next next one is what you want to be on, the next race. So, um, yeah, mate, it's an exciting time for you. I think you've got a really good horse under you. And um, I can't can't wait. I can't wait till it starts to to actually get some races under its belt and, and what Chris Waller thinks about its future. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I just got a message yesterday. It's come through last week's debut run without any problems. The appetite is good. His attitude is great. He's moving well. His work this morning over a thousand saw him finish off strongly. And the comment from the rider that was he was hard held. So it was a good solid piece of work. He'll have another gallop on Saturday. Then look to go next week at Warwick uh, Warwick Farm. And if not, it'll race on the nineteenth. Yeah, we're hoping Kempi. It's, it's you know obviously. My only horse, so I'm pretty pumped on it, but we'll see. We'll see. Got to just keep the confidence going forward, and uh, hopefully the race game won't fall. But we're into spring, and oh, this is the best time of the year, and great to have Jamie Richards on talking about that. And all you sailing fans, Glenn Ashby, he's part of Emirates Team New Zealand. We just had him on before as well, and great to t- chat to him about all things off the water. He's trying to break the win world record on land Get that, on land, 202 kilometres, 202.9 kilometres, in fact, the world record set in 2009, he's trying to break it, not only just, by 250 kilometres, he's trying to break 250 k's per hour, how freakish is that, so go over, listen, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SCNZ app, have a chat, listen to uh, Ash, Glenn Ashby, 
and uh, you'll be fascinated with that interview. But right now, we're going to talk some leagues. See some questions coming through on the Temper Bed Post text machine. Hey, Martua, are you able to find out where we can watch the boys take on Leeds Rhinos this weekend? I've looked at on Sky and Spark Sport, and there is nothing. Kempi, that is from James. Can yeah, you watch is, the warm-up game? Uh, there is a YouTube channel, actually. My, my mate up in England told me about it, so I'll get that. Um, and I'll put it. Uh, I'll put it out there for all of our listeners so that they can tune into it. And actually, Beauty. later on this hour, Sam Hewitt's going to come in because uh, Spark Sport have a different range of stuff this weekend. Obviously, they've got the Women's Rugby World Cup and they've got the Rugby League World Cup coming up. So Sammy's going to come through and give us a little rundown of everything that's on Spark Sport. So if it's there, we'll find out. Otherwise, Kempi will track down this YouTube channel. But boys, we better crack on because speaking of the yep. Rugby League World Cup, is he? Um, and this is pretty cool actually because it's a year delayed so to be able to talk to the man in charge I reckon we should just rip straight in S-E-N-Z. As kickoff edges closer to what has already been discussed as one of the most anticipated Rugby League World Cups ever winning chances are stacking up across the board as tournament squads being named with straw dropping talent arrive up there in the UK the event of course was supposed to be staged Last year, but with COVID-19 causing havoc in travel and play availability, stakes the decision to stage the tournament a year on looks like it will produce a mouth-watering spectacle. John Dutton is the CEO of the 2021 Rugby League World Cup and he's on the line with us now. Good morning, John, from the UK. Good afternoon here and good morning to you. Mate, how's things going? Must be really excited that uh, the teams are arriving finally. And a year later, we're about to watch and witness one of the best tournaments ever for the Rugby League World Cup. It really is very exciting, uh, Tony. We are looking forward to welcoming 32 teams, uh, of course, across three tournaments, uh, starting with the men's uh, in just 10 days' time at St. James's Park, Newcastle. Uh, as you said in the intro, we are welcoming the world's very best players, the most diverse playing population ever to have assembled. It really is very exciting. Mate, talk to us about the delay. Obviously, it was inevitable that you're going to have to delay it. Players were pulling out left, right and centre. So so the extra year, has that added, well, you know, obviously giving you more time to create an even more and better spectacle going forward? Yeah, I think it has. Um, what happened 12 months ago was really disappointing. Uh, but as you say, understandable. Uh, we've moved on from that. Um, we've used the 12 months to get more commercial partners, uh, excite more people, get more broadcast deals in place so people across the world can uh, watch and enjoy the tournament. Um, certainly present, presented a few challenges in the uncertain world that we live in. Uh, but yeah, we, we can't wait. It's been seven years of planning to get to this point. So just to be 10 days away, uh, there's a great sense of anticipation. Hey, John, I've witnessed you your work, um, having worked with you before, and you're very, very good at it. That extra year you're talking about, the logistical, I guess, um, issues that you have, the problems because it's been put back a year. How have the host cities taken that? And are they looking forward to it finally kicking off? Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you. That's very kind. It's uh, a long time since we worked together in person, uh, Tony, planning for the 2013 uh, World Cup, which was really memorable uh, across the board. But this is very different. Uh, it's much bigger. Uh, of course, we've got men's, women's and wheelchair. And our host towns and cities, and we are seeing this now, cannot wait to roll out the red carpet and welcome the nations. And as, as you know from touring uh, both of you, that the nations will stay, they'll be in the communities, uh, there'll be open training sessions, they'll be very accessible. Um, and yeah, that's what creates the excitement and the civic pride in our towns and cities.
Have you seen the writing on the wall for the uh, for a while now? The International Rugby League was about to come a different beast with players wanting to represent their families and their origins. Have you seen, did you see the writing on the wall? Yeah, I mean, I was out in Sydney in June uh, for the mid-season internationals. Uh, didn't didn't manage to get over to Auckland, but was at the Papua Guinea, Fiji, Samoa, uh, and the Cook Island games. And in the camp with the players and listening to the players who obviously want to play for the Heritage Nation, and what that presents us now, particularly in the men's tournament, is so many competitive nations that can win uh, the tournament. And that is brilliantly exciting for any rugby league fan. Hey, John, I've just been speaking to the boys up there this morning. Thomas Lulawai, obviously, he's playing this weekend with the Kiwis when they roll out in their, trial, uh, their warm-up match against the Rhinos. Um, as far as the English go and the warm-ups as well, how how is the, the the whole country getting behind going to watch England play? And Because all this talk is about New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga down this end. What about the English? How are they getting behind your home your home team? I think a mixture of um, sort of anticipation, trepidation at the strength of some of the nations. Uh, obviously, we look at that Samoa squad, uh, and it's really strong. Uh, but I think there's a lot of confidence uh, here in England. Um, International rugby league isn't played enough, so spectators in England haven't had the chance to watch uh, the England men's team, England women's team, England wheelchair team for some time. Uh, they uh, warm up against Fiji uh, weekend. Uh, obviously, got the Leeds New Zealand game, which I think will be really special. Uh, especially for Thomas Lulawai in particular. Um, uh, and that's just it creates more mouth-watering moments before we uh, get to the 15th of October, starting with England Samoa, uh, but also uh, the same evening uh, we have Australia and Fiji, the repeat of the last two semi-finals before the Kiwis the next day. So it is wall-to-wall rugby league, 61 games once we get underway a week on Saturday. Hey, John, I just want to tack right a little bit here. We've got a Rugby World Cup down under here. It's the Women's Rugby World Cup, and uh, that's starting to gain some traction. Is there anything that you've kind of taken away from, from the Women's Rugby League World Cup uh, over the last couple of years? Look, it's, I think the women's game and, and rugby league is flying at the moment. You've seen the NZ, or you've seen the uh, NRLW taking place over in Australia. I think that's been an absolute spectacle. But down under, we're still at a situation where the women's games just slowly gaining some momentum. Like, is there things that have that you've put in place that have kind of uh, put the in uh, the the rugby league world cup women's game in good stead? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's been an incredible journey, I think, for women's rugby league. Um, very steep trajectory over here of growth. Uh, the Women's Super League here in the UK has really taken off. Um, we've travelled a lot pre the pandemic. We were out in Japan for the Men's Rugby World Cup, but also talking to athletes across sport to try and learn from them. And on the basis of that, it, some of our foundations, we have introduced prize money uh, for the first time in the women's tournament. We've equalised participation oh. fees. We've actually put a day extra in the schedule for women's for a longer turnaround time. Uh, and we know there is a balance between uh, full-time male professional athletes and part-time um, women's uh, athletes. But we're so excited about the women's tournament. Uh, I was in Canberra for the State of Origin women's game between Queensland and New South Wales. And what incredible talent, um, physicality, skill, 
speed. Um, and I, I think we are looking forward again with a bit of trepidation from an English uh, perspective to seeing some of the superstars that will play for the Chillaroos, uh, that will play for the Ferns. But also we've got Brazil. Uh, Brazil, the first ever South American team uh, that will open the tournament against England in the women's tournament. And again, that's just something for us all to look forward to. And on the back of that, we'll come more growth. How did you get to that situation? Because I know a lot of female athletes will be listening. You've, you've got them. Uh, most of them are playing for free. They're not. They're not on contracts. They're not getting paid. So, what sort of investment was needed to be made for you to be able to offer those solutions to these female athletes? Uh, yeah, I, I, I watering from a rugby league uh, perspective. Um, when we first set off on the journey of uh, we wanted to deliver men, women, wheelchair athletes um, authentically together on the same platform, we probably quite worked out how we were going to do that, uh, from, had quite worked out how expensive it would be. But once we made that commitment, there was no turning back and we just found ways of making that happen. And that's through our commercial partners, through UK government. Uh, but it's about having a vision and, and we're not quite there in terms of where we want to be uh, through complete equality. But this is a massive stepping stone and to see the athletes treated the same, um, same flights, accommodation, training facilities, um, and, and having that ability to win prize money, we think is a really big deal. And hopefully this is a, a small part of history. And uh, when we come to the next World Cup and the next World Cup, it, it really has grown and we've inspired more people to take up the game. And, and we are uh, so committed to what happens off the field is as important for us as what happens on the field. Great evolution, John. Hey, there's also a third arm to the World Cup. We talked about the men's, we talked about the women's. You also got the Disability Rugby League World Cup playing in the background as well. Give us a little bit of information about that and how that's gone for you. Yeah, well, we've, we've actually got four tournaments overall. Uh, let's not forget about the wheelchair tournament, which I know New Zealand uh, aren't participating in, but it's going to be really special. The wheelchair Rugby League is a sight to behold. Uh, the skill, the bravery, uh, and a completely inclusive sport, men, women, disabled and non-disabled athletes together. Uh, so England and France will start the favourites in that tournament. Uh, but the Physical Disability Rugby League World Cup, so the first ever um, tournament, four nations, uh, of course, New Zealand joining Australia, England and Wales, we are so excited uh, about that. And I think it's a celebration of everything that is great about rugby league across the globe, that it is such an accessible sport. Um, we have people with a physical disability, people playing in a wheelchair, men and women, and we're also running a big learning disability uh, event as well. And I think that's something for everyone in the game across the world to be really proud of. Well, John, just before we let awesome. you go, I know that uh, you've done a fantastic job and and I'm looking forward to the tournament down here getting kicked off, but yeah, I know you would have run a sweepstake with all the workers up there in your office. Who have you got, mate? I know you've got, yeah. you've got the English accent, but have you actually uh, got England as winners of this tournament? Who do you, who do you think is going to uh, come out and win the, win the World Cup this year? Uh, fortunately, I don't have to go on the field and play. I am an administrator, but very quickly, <laughs> I think it's five teams, five teams that can win the tournament. England, Australia, New Zealand, Samoa and Tonga. Don't underestimate Papua New Guinea. I think in the women's tournament, the Gillaroos will start as absolute standout favourites. Uh, and in the wheelchair tournament, England and France. So, so much to look forward to. I'm sure I'll be proven wrong, but that's what, what we've got ahead. The unscripted drama that only the athletes can create. It's going to be pretty exciting. You've got to give us one, John. Can't give us five. <laughs> I, I, I think I tried to squeeze in six. So we'll have Papua New Guinea. Isn't it great that we, we, we don't have just a standout favourite? I, I think that is yeah. the most exciting thing. 
That's exactly right. It's one of the it's one of the most anticipated rugby league World Cups coming up. John, thank you very much for joining us on SENZ for breakfast and uh, with Izzy and Kempe. And mate, we look forward to catching up with you through the tournament. Uh, we'll stay in touch, go well, and just really slay this rugby league World Cup. Can't wait. Thanks very much, Bob. Thank you. SENZ. Yes, yeah, slay it, Kempe. Oh, I'm excited. Oh, Slay was the biggest word I could come up with at half past five, five, <laughs> six, or seven o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? It's a, it, it is ex, it is so exciting. I've just been talking to Ricardo um, mm. to, uh, this morning about the because he's you know across everything. Um, the unfortunate part of the World Cup is that New Zealand and Australia look like they'll face them face off in the semis oh, um, yeah. and not the final. And Tonga and England look like they'll face off in the semi. So. Um, just to make sure that the English have ever, you know, as you do, um, every every likelihood of making it through to the final. Um, but look, I think I think, oh, to, I I think Tonga are real smokies. You know, you have a look mm-hmm. at their side, uh, all but their inexperience in their halves. They've got a very very good squad. Yes, I'm excited, Kempe. And one thing I, I heard from that conversation, we didn't have a rugby league wheelchair team. Which we've got the World Blacks who are, you know, world class in wheelchair rugby and, and things like that. And we don't have a wheelchair. I've just seen been having a look. We have got a, there is a page set up out there, but it'd be awesome to see if we can get someone. That's the only uh, representation that's not there from New Zealand is the wheelchair uh, competition that they run over there. I love it how they're including the disability, the wheelchair. You've got the Women's World Cup. And then you've got the Men's World Cup, mate. It's great work from uh, World Rugby League to, to get there and include all parts of the game. And it'd be great if we could get a wheelchair rugby league team because the World Blacks, they fly. They are very yeah. good down here. Yeah, and, and John John and the, his English team up there, he's come through the grades up there with the RFL, do a really mm. good job, you know, like to, to, to set this all up, to get it all all um, sorted all together. Um, a pretty big logistical um, effort and unfortunately mm-hmm. for us down here, like we remember, we had the disability um, group on. We give them some promotion yep. to try and help them get up to England. The cost in and around all this, when you're taking them halfway around the world, in a game in New Zealand which struggles for, for money anyway, is a really really tough ask. So I'd love to see it too, Izzy. Oh, look, I'd, I'd love to see anyone that wants to play rugby league mm-hmm. at the World Cup, um, no matter what form it's in, get get to get to go and represent. And the investment, and the investment into the women's game, man, they're, they're awesome. I love John Sutton when he come in and just said, look, they're equal prize money, they're equal um, pay, match payment fees, it's it's awesome. They are leading the way, I love it. Yep, it's a real festival of inclusivity, the 2021 and 2022 Rugby League World Cup. Cannot wait, uh, not this weekend, next weekend. So we can keep our powder dry, you don't have to pick who's going to win it yet, even though I think I know who we're all going to say. 23 minutes past eight. Here with Chemist Warehouse, great savings every day. We'll catch up with Paulie Mwadi, find out what's going oh, on with TAB. Do you reckon he's sorted the app out? Well, Come hurry up. Yeah, no, it hasn't yet. We'll ask what's going on my there. Da- my dad said they're scared of your tips, Louis. That's why they're doing it. <laughs> well, I don't think they've much to be scared about, but I wish. <laughs> All right, back soon with Paul.
Well, they must be doing maintenance on Paulie Moati as well. They haven't got him up the and robot. going. <laughs> He's in for, in, in for an upgrade now. He's on his way. Uh, Penrith boys work undeniably hard all year for the past three years, and you blokes want to go blast them for a couple of comments after celebrating their hard-earned grand final win, and I'd say they hadn't stopped before the media wanted to shove cameras in their faces. Missing the point. Missing, absolutely missing the point. Mm. We're not blasting them at all. We're actually celebrating how great their team is and what they've done and the dynasty that they've created. What we're saying, it's just the real bad look when you're... Go and have a look at the photo. If you, um, Let's, let's mm. remove the words, but go and have a look at the photo of Jerome Luai. Like, put a real cigar in your mouth. Don't put one of those vaping cigars in your mouth with your flag hung over and your, and your shades on and the way that you sit there like as if you own the world. That in itself is, I, I think, just typifies what he's been acting like all year. Mm. And and there's no words that, that can d- describe that. He, nothing came out of his mouth. But um, I think you're missing the point here. The, yep. they, should, they should be sitting back, you know, and tasting the kumara. Yeah, it's just, look, honestly, I don't know. This might be just my point of view because I've come from an organisation that just don't carry on like that. I don't know the penis. They, that might be what they're about. But for me and what I'm about, that's just not, not the way you should just carry on. The arrogance, you shouldn't be able to just be humble. Be humble. You've won. You've, you've been the best all year. Do that, you know, carry on like that behind closed doors when the cameras are away, when you're in amongst your teammates, and you can say whatever you like, but when you're on the public guy, you never, ever want to feel and you never want to give people an opportunity to come out and, and have these conversations. That's all we're saying. Just a little bit of arrogance. You know, that's just not the Kiwi way, and obviously Fisher-Harris was very intoxicated and, and inciting Penrith hate. That's that's more than than arrogance. It's, it's pretty bad, really, but... um. Yeah, that's all we're saying. Hey, do you agree with the texter, though? Just give the blokes a break. Double eight, double three. You can disagree with Izzy and Kempe. Please come through if you do. And if, yeah. you, if you don't, pile in as well. We'd love to hear from you. After this, it's Paul Mwari, tab.co.nz. Here is Aroha with the news for Kubota, together with shaping and building Aotearoa. <laughs> Seven a bit away from nine o'clock. We'll talk to Sam Hewitt in a bit, and Joey, just stay there. We'll get your take on the Penrith situation in a bit. But Paul Mawadi, tab.co.nz, is on the line. Paulie, I'm trying to find a winner for Ruakaka, but I can't do it without the markets. Yeah, we've got the techies working on it as we speak, uh, Louis. So hopefully, we'll have those markets back up for you, quick smart, and you'll be able to get stuck into it. So um, just, just. Give us a wee bit of patience here, Louis. Who's busted it, Paulie? Who's put the big bet on? <laughs> I can't say. I think it came from somewhere around Pegasus Bay Golf Club. A Pegasus Golf Club. <laughs> oh, he loves those odds. Um, relaxing yeah. today. What do you got? Um, well, looking at the NPC quarterfinals, and when those markets originally opened, uh, the bookies had North Harbour at around $2.20. Um, that looked like a wee bit of value. Punters identified that, and now North Harbour are slight favourites uh, in that first quarter final. They're now $1.90 to win the quarter final against Auckland, who are now out to $1.92. The draw's at $16. So the power of the dollar 
and the power of the punter has forced North Harbour from $2.20 into $1.90. That's a significant move, um, and we are, we, we've got a, a liability on North Harbour. So um, for once in my life, I'll probably be cheering for the Aucklanders. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, in terms of rugby league, though, I've just had a look at the Rugby League World Cup outright winner book, and, of course, we had, well, we still have the Kiwis uh, boosted, uh, out at $5.50. That has been very, very popular with punters. Um, they're getting stuck in, and I can understand why. Uh, Kiwis are a live chance here. Uh, the second best back team, uh, the Australians, who are favourites to win the Rugby World Cup, they're at $1.45. There's also been a wee bit of speaking around Tonga at $13. There's, um, yeah, I guess there's a few Tongan supporters out there who are quite keen. Uh, and confident on how the Tongans will go. $13 to win the Rugby League World Cup. Beautiful stuff, Paulie. Appreciate that. And we'll uh, keep our eyes peeled, keep refreshing our pages to get that TAB site up and going again. There were a couple of races today that I thought were good, Izzy. I just wanted to see the markets on them, but race two, I'm pretty sure it is, is a three-year-old race with a couple of handy two-year-olds from last season, one of them Gibraltar Rising from uh, the Rogerson Barn. And then there's an open handicap. No, I don't think it would be an open handicap. must be a rating 75 or 74 in race six where there were a couple of nice chances uh, lining up and... I know that uh, there was one at the top of the book called Blood Warrior that had a really good fresh record just drawn out. But we'll see those markets when they pop back up there and go and have a look. TAB.co.nz and loveracing.nz is your home for everything thoroughbred racing. You can go and have a look at the fields uh, there. And, of course, today's Wednesday, so you can go and have a look at the fields for this weekend as we see what we'll be backing here in New Zealand. Of course, the Arrowfield stud plate at Matamata. A little bit of a delay but that's all right. At least we got it going. Imperatries versus La Creek versus Mustang Valley. How good will that be? Right, we asked the question. Did it piss you off what the Panthers did? Do you disagree with Izzy and Kempe? Because it pissed them off. Joey, you've come through in Auckland. What do you make of it all? Yeah, g'day, Izzy, Kempe and Louie. Yeah, look, um, 95 out of 100 for the way they played on the field. Absolutely fantastic. But uh, off the field, minus 20. I mean, um, mm. it just shows arrogance, you know, the... Just show some respect for the side that you beat, and and yep. and and for the club that you know you beat. The, the the best club that's come out of this, to be honest, out of out of it is Parramatta, because you know they haven't done, you know they haven't done anything. You, there, there's arrogance and there's arrogance, and 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 what they were doing is is, is really poor. You know, it's a poor look. Yep. And and don't blame don't blame the grog. That that's just an excuse. Oh oh, we've been on the trips all night. What a what a load of rubbish that is. It's just you just don't come out and say those things. You, you can't be. You, you guys all know when you you played rugby or rugby league or any sport, you show a little bit of respect for the side that that you beat. And what that club did, it, it's really sad because what Penrith did, they're the first team to win the whole lot, and and the way they've carried on, they've put a damper on that. Where they should be celebrating an absolute one-off, probably may not happen again. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And you get that the arrogance. It's okay to have arrogance on the field, and you know you get a bit of you know a bit of tongue and cheek out there. You you tackle someone, you give them a little a push or something like. There's, there's that arrogance. I can understand that. But when the arrogance carries off the field, and it carries into the next couple of days, that's when it irritates me. I don't know. That's just me. And there's people coming through and saying why they should be humble, because 
Because just look, any person in their own mind would, would probably look at it and go, oh, that's a bit yuck. That's a bit horrible. Um, look, yeah, that, that's just my feel anyway. The, the arrogance is okay on the field, and there's a lot of teams in New Zealand that carry that arrogance on the field. But when you take it off the field, you've got to have respect and humility, and you've got to have, um, you know, you've got to, um, you, you know, you just got to, yeah, you got to carry it. So totally agree. That, that's my point. Yeah, t- mm. I t- totally agree. You know, when you're on the foot, when you're on the football field, it's a different, different kettle of fish. Mm. You actually want you want blokes like that in your football team, you know. And and I've been there, done that, you know. But when you come and sit down, you don't come out. The thing with it, with me, is that the, they're Polynesian boys, and it's part of the culture. The, that, that's the other part that's not being talked about here. Is it's not part of our culture to go, actually go out there and say that humility is a big part of. You know, you, you heard that with Thomas yesterday. You know, they're just so humble. You know, how many times did he say that? So humility yeah. is is an accepted part of our our culture. So that that's what really sort of surprises me. And why I said yesterday, taking our kids out of this country at fifteen removes that understanding a little bit. Yeah, that- that's an interesting point you make there, Kempi, because Goose has actually come through and kind of said a similar thing, but almost the exact opposite. He said, I don't like it, but when you've spent time in Penrith, that's how the area is. Even Bam Bam Tuivasa is from there, and he is in the area and acts the same. So it's a new culture, and then you just speak about being... Um, with Bam Bam, Louis, like he's obviously a UFC fight game, you got to sell tickets, so he's got his kind of persona, but I've never, I've never seen him carry that sort of arrogance toward an opposition. You saw him fighting Cyril Game, like they had a lot of love and respect. Mm. You saw him fighting Derek Lewis. He had a lot of love and respect before the fight. Obviously said he was going to knock him out. Afterwards they they hug and, and they, yeah, they right. get arms and they wrap each other. You know, like there's there's a difference here. Like it's okay having arrogance but uh, you know, building up to the fight and, and but not personal attacks. The one when you're saying, I oh, we hate Parramatta, we hate Parramatta, that is a personal attack and 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 that's the one that, that irritates me. But yeah, yeah, it's no, no. You mean it's yeah, class, like I, I, I think there's a bigger. I think there's a bigger. Pro- look, there's a bigger problem. West Sydney, the postcode stuff. You know, the the NRL already sanctioning uh, a couple of penalties around players um, doing hand signals uh, mm. after try school celebrations. There's a bigger problem un- that underlies all of this issue that's happening at the moment. If they do not stamp it out, this type of behaviour. That's what I said when this morning off off the back fence. It's going to be a bigger problem. It's just going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're going to attract the wrong people and the wrong attitude to come in and play the game. This is a club that is forging probably one of the greatest dynasties in, in, world, in, world, in rugby league at the moment. And you think of the, the, the great teams, the, Pen, uh, the Melbourne Storm. I just couldn't picture Melbourne Storm carrying on like this. This is not a part, a part of their identity and their culture. So I Look, I know it's totally different. You've totally had, different, but... You've had an example, you know, like Izzy. You've had an example. Mm. All right, Brandon Smith came out and he got on that podcast and he talked... He talked, They kind of did. Um, basically, in the same type of manner, and what happened? Mm. All right, Melbourne, they went off about it. Basically, they didn't sign him. They didn't even get to renegotiate his contract. They said, yep, that's okay. We, it's just not doesn't what our club stands for. So I think people are missing the point here. We, we are not saying anything about Penrith, the football team, and the way that they've won the competition. What we are saying is that their culture is is a little bit um, undesirable after the game. Yep. And I'll just get to this. Where do you stand, Louis? Where uh, do you stand on it? Um, 
Yeah, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was on. I think the off the field stuff was cringe. I think it was cringe. I don't think it's the. I don't think it's the biggest drama. I think it's more of a rugby league issue than than an actual Panthers isolated issue. Because as you mentioned, Melbourne Storm. Well, what did they do? Instead, they were in a hotel room doing dodgy things off cell phones. And and so yeah, they might not have been being arrogant to another team, but they were still doing something that's highly inappropriate, proven or non-proven. So I think that there's a cultural thing in the NRL in general at the moment where there's a it's just an overarching the, the Trail Mitchell Josh Addo car shooting tins, driving dirt bikes, saying that it was a, a spiritual weekend trying to connect with their Aboriginal heritage. Like that we've there's, we've, there's a rap sheet of this stuff for, that goes on and on and on and on. Yeah, and and it, and, it, and it is as a uh, um, lawyer. It's a it's a Look, there's a bigger problem here, and and we're we're just we're it's like a boil, and we're just tipping away at the scab on top. I just want to get to a couple of texts because people have sent some great ones. You guys, yeah, with you guys totally. They're knobs. Win with humility, lose with dignity. This isn't, and then there's another one. That was from Richard. This is another one from Justice. This isn't the 1920s. The NRL is the hardest comp in the world. Rivalries are massive. They destroyed their biggest rival in the same area. If those Panthers players weren't playing league, they'd probably be doing something else, acting the same way. Uh, exactly. That's my point. It's who they are. It's the Kiwi way to be humble. That's why it's surprising to hear uh, Fisher-Harris, but good on the Panthers. Justice. Um, Penrith, you act like a pork chop. You're going to get boiled with <laughs> Pua. <laughs> well, you don't get premierships at the Tigers, so ha-ha. Uh, the Penrith players were a disgrace when you've seen the Crusaders in New Zealand rugby team like act like that, says Mark. And next year they'll be called the Penrith Peacocks. Sean... <laughs> <laughs> if you hang in there, we'll get to you after this. We're going to get away because Sam Hewitt's on the other side talking some Spark Sport as well. All right, okay, we're talking Panthers, and Sammy Hewitt's just here in a second to talk some Spark Sport. But before we get there, uh, look, we've got a text from Ben who reckons Panthers are bringing that American athlete NBA style to the NRL standard behaviour over there, just different for us to see in New Zealand, Australia. That's all very well and good, but look, I don't necessarily think we should be holding ourselves to American standards with a lot of this stuff. Sean, you made the effort to call in. What do you want to say on, about this, mate? Oh, I, I, I agree with that text. There's a lot of the American culture coming into it. You can see it with the goggles and whatnot. But I was just bringing to say, like, Brandy on the radio yesterday afternoon talking to Beaver, and he, he, called, he said that Parramatta had to resort to cheating to try to get to Nathan Cleary, but I just thought that's not very tasteful either when you're <laughs> in, charge of, in charge of the club causing all the, the uproar and you come out on the radio the next day... Two days later, and couldn't say they they were cheating when you've got little eye kicking players on the ground and <laughs> blockers block, blockers moving sideways. I don't really know what game he's really watching, but um, yeah, yeah, I think there's definitely a culture, definitely a culture. Oh, I don't know, issue in my eyes there. Yeah, Sean, take it. Yeah, mate. love it, Shawnee. I take your point, and it is a little bit of an us versus the world scenario, isn't it? I've got their backs against the wall and they're hanging in there. That's good call, isn't it, Izzy? All right, well, we got Sam. You obviously have an opinion on this, Sammy. Sammy boy! Yeah. Uh, I, um, Running it straight, uh, Sammy. Up against, yeah. I really want to talk to you about the bunker at some stage, Kempe. Um <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it's, it does take a bit of shine away, doesn't it? Like, it's... And, I heard um, Ivan on, I think he was on with Channel 9, that might have been yesterday or the day before with Danny Wilder, and he basically was just saying, look, boys, had a few drinks. You know, you ask someone a question when they're on the grog and they're celebrating, they're going to probably say some stupid stuff. But I just would have thought that there'd be someone there in their ear sort of saying, boys, it's just, you know, you're in a public place, there's going to be cameras, there's, you know. Because it's not a slip of the tongue. It's a clearly nah, an attitude thing. Nah. Well, especially for a guy like Jerome Luai, like, he's a 
he's a pest. Like really, he you know all <laughs> 2011, season. 2011 World Cup before we went off the bus. Now listen here, boys. Don't you be idiots when you're sitting on the back of those trains. Everyone but Andrew Hall listened. Uh, but, yeah, shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Yeah. That's just the way it is. And that's my point. That's my point. You're like, you, you just – there's another texter here saying it hasn't been done since Brisbane, the the, um, the repeat, but it has been done because Sydney City done it as well. And my point being the All Blacks have been doing it for decades. Yeah. You know, so you haven't never seen the All Blacks behave like that. It'll come back to bite them as well, right? That they'll lose a premiership, and all of a sudden, all of that confidence will—they'll get absolutely ripped out by the other fifteen clubs. Really, right? We're going to crack on, Sammy. Um, Spark Sport, you're the poster child at the moment. What are we watching this weekend? I tell you what, um, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but there is uh, obviously stacks on this weekend. Um, I'm going to start with um, some international cricket because the Black Caps are playing a T20 Tri Series against uh, Bangladesh and Pakistan, which gets underway on Friday. Um, and then I th- actually think they play every day. I think it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, so you can catch the Friday game, I think, starts at 2.30 on Spark Sport. Then you've got the Saturday game at 6.30 and then the Sunday game at 6.30 as well. Um, the other one that I'm really looking forward to, if you're a Formula 1 fan or if you're thinking about getting into Formula 1, if you watch Drive to Survive, the Japanese Grand Prix is the best one because... 6 p.m. start time oh, how good. on Sunday. How good. I mean, usually you're waking up at 3, at 3 o'clock in the morning. So the, all the standard like practice on uh, Friday starts at 4.30 New Zealand time. Uh, and then the qualifying on Saturdays at 7 p.m. And then the big race uh, on Sunday, I think, kicks off at, at 6. So we've got that look, to look forward to. And, of course, the Women's World Cup this oh. weekend. All on Spark. Yes. Every game. I, I could go through about seven of them here, but you know, you know what? where they are and, and where to find them. So, Women's World Cup. Is the Leeds Rhinos Kiwis game on, Spark? Uh, good question. The warm-up game, is it on Sunday morning? Yeah. It would be our time, yeah. Uh, I'm just having a quick look through here. Um, I'm not sure. I have to get back to you on that one, Kempi. We'll bring it back to sure. you. I'll run in it straight. Yeah, good call. And uh, NFL as well on Monday. Got the three games on the Monday on Spark Sports if you're an NFL they fan. NFL too. Yeah, they've got NFL. Wow. Yep. Yep. they got the... everything. Yeah. Three games. Yeah, they're, they're picking cash, up quite a bit. Eh? They're picking up quite a bit. Yep. Righty-ho. Um, World Home of the World Cup. download the app. There you go. Home of the World Cup. Any subscriptions in that little sheet there, Sammy? <laughs> any, any, uh, any promo codes? Oh, I'll, I'll any, little something, something. I'll flick you something. Oh. Good, thanks, man. What are you saying? Well, hold on. Can't bring it out. It's a hierarchy, mate. It's a hierarchy. I know it's turn left on the plane, but you, mate, t- you t- can t- turn right you, too. You, you, treat me, you treat me well this afternoon, mate. You may just get one yourself. Oh, you really played your hand there, Sam. You know who's buttering your bread? Six and a half away from nine. Ian, your text here is great. Essentially, you've just called Lua every name under the sun. But I don't know if I can read them. I don't just and I can't be bothered googling it. So uh, we'll go, I hope that's not Ian Smith. We'll find out what he thinks about Luai after this. It's SCNZ. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from ninety-five percent recycled materials that won't rot, stain, or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.